This podcast of the Model Health Show is presented to you by Sean Stevenson with Rare Gym Productions. For more information, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to the Modern Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I am so grateful for you tuning in with me today. We've got an incredible guest on for you. And today, more than ever, this is why I'm excited about this, is that so much information is coming at us from all of these different angles, and it can be difficult to process and assimilate all the information that we need to really live our best lives, whether it's information to help us to grow our business or our financial fitness or our health and wellness or our relationships. There's so many things that we need to pay attention to. So how do we assimilate it all? And to put even that at a lower rung, the reality is, and I've got a question for you and be honest about this. How many actual phone numbers do you know right now? Like just off the top of your head? Probably not many. When I was a kid before smartphones, I knew everybody's phone number by heart. Today, I know like two. I know my wife's number and and my son, and that's pretty much it. And I didn't even know my son's number until recently. And so in a way, we've really outsourced our brains to our smartphones, as our guest today has told me before. And it's just like, of course. And our smartphones, in a way, are kind of making us dumber, right? We're becoming like the Lloyd Christmas version of ourselves in many ways because we're not really utilizing that aspect of our memory. And so... Today, this focus, and we've had him on before. This is the incredible, incredible Jim Quick. And we've had him on before, and we focused on accelerated learning as far as uh, improving your memory, improving your reading speed. But today, we're going to be talking about study skills and how we can actually, even the information you're learning today, how can you learn it faster and really assimilate the information and put it on a place where your recall is supercharged. And you're going to be able to take this into other areas of your life as well. So whether you are hitting the books and you're doing some kind of studying, or you just want to learn some cool stuff and actually be able to tie it to your memory, or you're just into like playing Jeopardy and you want to be killer at that as well. Before we do that, I want to give a quick shout out to my drink this morning. All right, my coffee. I think you've probably heard this before, but I just haven't really been a coffee drinker my entire life. I had a sip of coffee when I was like five years old. It's like my grandfather's coffee. And I was just like, I will never drink this again. That was terrible. And, you know, he probably had some Folgers in your cup. The best part of waking up. He probably had that kind of garbage. So it probably wasn't that good in the first place. Um, But I just haven't drank coffee since, you know, like literally not a sip. And it wasn't until recently where my wife has been having the coffee from Four Sigmatic almost every day for about a year. And, you know, she'd rotate. She'd have the different, there's different kinds of coffee that they have, organic, infused with these dual extracted medicinal mushrooms. And I was just like, what is the big deal? And I've seen people, of course, with their coffee cups everywhere. And so I just started to try it. And now, like, listen, I get it. I get it with the coffee. I truly do understand now. It's just something about it, right? It's just something about it and it makes you just want to have it. And so I've been having the Four Sigmatic, the Cordyceps formula. And so this one is a little bit of a boost to your energy as well. And so one of the reasons that we tend to tune in and get ourselves involved with coffee is because of the caffeine, right? And also some of the cardiovascular benefits as well. But with the caffeine is concerned, here's a little study for you guys. This study found that you can actually increase your metabolic rate by 3 to 11%. And this was published in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition when you have caffeine. And so it actually has a metabolic benefit and helps you to burn fat. Now, of course, we don't want to go crazy with this. And there can be some negative side effects of having the caffeine. And your body will actually downregulate receptor sites for the caffeine. 
So we have to be careful about that and rotate things. So we want to rotate pretty much everything that we are bringing into our bodies, if at all possible. And so that's one part. And also you have to understand about the acidity, the acidic nature of the coffee. And your body does a lot to buffer that. So it's not like it makes your body acid. It doesn't really work like that, right? The different organs and organ systems in your body have a different pH. And your body is very smart at if you do have an acidic compound coming in, it's able to neutralize that and put everything in balance. But it might require to take some resources from places that you might need them, right? So pulling calcium even from your bones to try to neutralize the acidity of the coffee if you're just going ham on coffee all the time. And so this is why I love the formulas from Four Sigmatic is because medicinal mushrooms are very alkaline in nature. So it helps to buffer that acidity. And of course, with the cordyceps, we have this study, this was published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise. They looked at 30 healthy athletes for six weeks to record the effects of cordyceps on their performance. The group that added cordyceps to their daily regimen had twice the oxygen uptake of the control group. And oxygen is essential in supplying nutrients to the muscles, preventing fatigue, and from preventing the buildup of lactic acid. That's that feeling like you just can't go any further. And there was another study done by the same group that found a 9% increase in aerobic activity from taking cordyceps. So you get both of those imbued in the Four Sigmatic formula. So if you're not utilizing Four Sigmatic, head over, check them out. It's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 15% off all of their incredible mushroom elixirs and mushroom coffees. So do yourself a favor and grab you some today. And for all of my people in San Diego, I'm going to be dropping into town and doing a very special meet and greet. And it's going to be hosted by the incredible team at Organifi. So make sure to RSVP right now. The event is coming up soon. It's going to be August the 12th. So this is a Saturday from 2 to 4. And it's going to be in San Diego. So everybody in San Diego, take action right now. Go to themodelhealthshow.com forward slash SD. And you can RSVP right there. You never know who's going to be in the building. We're going to have some surprises. We're going to do some really awesome things. And we're just going to have a good time and hang out. So make sure to take action right now to come and hang out with us. Now, on that note, let's go ahead and get to our special guest. And our guest today is my really good friend, Jim Quick. And uh, I've known Jim for probably getting close to 10 years now, at least. It might even be longer than that. Um, but so getting close to 10 years and he's somebody that very early on, um, he, and, and this is just being real, he believed in me. You know, when I was figuring out how to do this thing, I didn't even know it was a thing that you could talk about health and nutrition and kind of like be a DJ with it, right? Like you'd be like the DJ Khaled of nutrition and fitness and you get up on stage and you can kind of remix this stuff and make it make sense and make it fun. And I was figuring all of this out and Jim just really had some faith in me and allowed me to be a part of something he was building early on. And he's just really been a great friend ever since and somebody who attracts amazing people. You've got to follow Jim on Instagram. I mean, he's hanging out with Bill Gates. He's hanging out with Will I Am from the Black Eyed Peas. He's hanging out with Will Smith, you know, just all these amazing people. But they're coming to Jim because of his skill set. He's an exceptionally talented human being, but this was not something that was just gifted to him. In fact, he has this story where, and he's talked about this on past episode, but he had a childhood brain injury that left him learning challenged. And because of that, and going through all his trials and tribulations, 
he put together strategies to dramatically enhance his mental performance. And I've seen this guy just do these incredible feats of memory and uh, speed reading. He reads a book a day. It's just crazy stuff. But today he's going to be sharing with you how to increase your retention. How do you learn this information? All of this information is coming at us today and assimilate that stuff better. And Jim has been bringing his cutting edge techniques and entertaining style to companies like Virgin, Nike, Zappos, SpaceX, uh, New York University, Fox Studios, Harvard, just on and on and on. People come to Jim because he is the best in the world. And he's also the host of the wildly popular podcast, Quick Brain. And by the way, it's a real name, all right? K-W-I-K, Quick Brain, which is consistently the number one training show on iTunes. And you can check him out at quicklearning.com for his online courses as well. And he's got students in over 150 countries. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, welcome back, my good friend, Jim Quick. How you doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic, DJ Sean. You <laughs> seriously, you um, you have changed my life. You know, many, some people know that I've suffered from sleep apnea, which is like this breathing disorder. It's genetic, and uh, really taken a toll. And you've been my uh, my sleep sensei, oh, man. if you will. So thank you, it's, and thank you for everyone for uh, for tuning in. It's my honor, man. And uh, you know what's so interesting is that knowing Jim and just seeing his his growth and his transformation and impact that he's making, and now him starting this new podcast is so awesome to see. And people are just gobbling up the the show, man. It's so good, and there's so many wisdom nuggets in it. And I'd love for you to kind of start with why does it matter, in your opinion, for people to learn how to be able to study and retain information better. Yeah, I mean, I love this conversation we're about to have because it's not like previous episodes. In the previous episodes, we talked about remembering names um, and clearing brain fog and reading faster and all those. So I encourage people to re-listen to those. Um, yeah, this is this is fresh, cutting edge. Um, I'm actually right now at uh, Harvard University, and um, you know, I've done these programs helping people to study more efficiently. And um, you know, whether it's whether it's high school students or, or college students or graduate students, or maybe you're just a student of life. I mean, I think right. all of us, you have, you have to continue our education, right? Learning doesn't stop when we finish school. It just, I mean, that's where we're, that's our starting off point, if you will. And, um, and so I think what we want to do is have this conversation about how do you really, when you want to, the difference between studying to remember and understand versus cramming to forget something. I think a lot of us had this experience right. back at school, right? We didn't really study. We just cram. That's, it. And that, that's the idea here. We don't study for five weeks, but for 15 hours the day before, it's just like nobody could talk to you. The focus, <laughs> right. You pull these all-nighters, which you know is horrible when you, when you don't sleep because that sleep and memory go hand in hand. We know yeah. that. Um, and then the next morning, nobody could talk to you. Um, you know, at breakfast, because and you can't wait to take the test. Because once you take the test, it's like it's gone, right? right. And it's and you that's the thing. Un and unload so, on the paper. Exactly, and people know there's a learning curve, but there's also a forgetting curve. And so, you know, whether or not you're a student, I know that if you're listening to this, you're a lifelong learner, and you probably have books that you want to read, and, and blogs that you want to catch up on, and podcasts, and everything. So, how do you really study a new subject? You know, so if you have a subject or a skill, whether it's Mandarin or martial arts or it's marketing or it's music, whatever it happens to be, you know, let, let's dive into it. Um, what I wanted to tell people is, and this is fresh here, what I'm, what I'm teaching here in Boston, is this: uh, you know, there's, there's good habits and bad habits, yeah. right? I really do believe that we either learned how to learn properly early on or, you know, it's kind of out, out of default. I don't think that there's, a, you know, such thing as a, 
a good or bad um, memory or good or bad learners. It's just good or bad habits, you know, and trained or not trained. And, um, and that's really what it's all about. Um, but I noticed some people make mistakes. So I just wanted to talk about a few mistakes people are making when sure, they go yeah. to learn something um, or to study it. And then maybe a few hacks to be able to get over those mistakes. Um, one of the one of the big ones, and you know this, because you and I have talked about this, what I love about your show is it's, it's kind of like how you and I hang out. We go, we get a juice, and we, if we just record our conversation, it's pretty much like that's how you are. You know what yeah. I mean? It's how you are behind DJ Sean, another one. A, exactly. Um, <laughs> so how do you study smart and not just yeah. hard? You know, how do you do it? So I would say there's a few things that you want to stop right away. Um, some of this is going to be common sense. Yeah. Uh, but as we've discussed in the past, common sense is not always common practice. Mm, and right. I really think uh, for people really wanting to make the rest of this year and years coming up, they really want to simplify. Mm. Um, because if we can't simplify, if we make it too complex, it becomes insurmountable. We don't do anything. So simple things that you could do. Um, stop. Uh, first of all, I want to encourage people as a reminder to stop multitasking. Mm. You know, and I, and we'll get a lot of yeah. slack from that. Just like when I tell people not to touch their phone. You know, the first hour of the day. Yeah. It's hard because it's something that our brains are getting rewired for things, right? And you and I have talked a lot about superheroes and having superpowers. And you keynoted one of our you know our superhero brain events. Um, but I think they're super villains. Right now, I think there are three big supervillains that are attacking us, and um, and so it's the three I talk about is the digital ones. Digital, first of all, digital overload, which you mentioned, it's too much to learn, too little time. Like take a sip of water out of fire hose. How do you keep up with it all? And um, and so we're going to talk about that in this episode on how to study it properly so you can retain it and really master it. The second one um, is digital distraction. Right. In our brains, you know this. They're getting rewired to just be distracted, to wander all the time. And it seems like part of it is like these smart devices that you mentioned in the intro. It's rewiring our brains and it's a challenge because if the first thing in the morning, when you're in that very impressionable state, that alpha, you know, theta state in the morning, yeah. a relaxed state of awareness, you know, picking up your phone the first thing is training yourself to be distracted. Yes, exactly. And, you know, we're, you know, and you know, like you've you studied like decision fatigue and how we can only make a certain amount of good decisions a day. But a lot of people are suffering from just brain fatigue. Right. And part of what's fatiguing people is just going on their phones and getting all these dopamine hits. Uh, and um, every time they get a like and a comment and a share and everything. And if that's the first thing that you're 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 giving your mind in the morning, it's training itself just to be everywhere. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, the problem with picking up the phone besides training distraction is train training you to be reactive. Which is which is not uh, what superheroes want to do, right? The first yeah. thing in the morning, they don't want to train themselves to just react to everything that's going on, all the fires that we have to fight, and everything that everyone that needs something from us. It's better to be more proactive. Um, but the third enemy, and as I'll go into the solutions, is uh, so you have digital overload and you have digital distraction, and then you have this thing called digital dementia, which you talked about in in the past, where we're outsourcing our our smarts to our smart devices. And if your brain is like a, you know, a muscle, it grows stronger with use, but it's use it or lose it. And one of the things I love following you on social media is like your family every morning without fail. So inspiring. You're doing a little workouts and, and you inspire people. And not only just inspiration, it's instructive too. You know, I really think that's what people are looking for. They want to be inspired, but, and, but they also want to know what to do. And, um, you know, and so when we geek out, you and I, we talk about how to do that for your mental muscles, right? Yes, Just like you exactly. make your physical muscles faster, stronger, more agile, more flexible, and give it more energy and strength. You want your mental muscles to be more agile, more focused, sharper, faster, more 
more energized and, and stronger, obviously, as well. But um, though we're not getting that same exercise because we're so reliant on technology to be able to tell us everything, what to do today and how to, you know, where <laughs> directions and just everything. Oh, man. I tried to do some basic calculations the other day. Yeah. Man, it was hard. And I just I was like, I'm not going to use my phone. I'm not going to. I use my phone. Yeah, you know, even that little thing, app. It's, it's tough. This basic algebra is difficult. And yeah. here's the thing: it's not that I, I. I think we all admit, you know, we want technology because it, it's very convenient. But as long as it doesn't cripple us at the same time, right? right? You exactly. see all these, all these, you know, movies in the future or animations in the future where you know everyone's sitting in their pod and being, you know, they have their 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 digital device and they're all hooked up to that. It's just you know moving them around. They're not exercising. They're all right. You know, and what all was that stuff. movie with the little robot? Which one's that one? <laughs> Where the entire future was like people were just so overweight. Wally, it was <laughs> Wally, right? And uh, I think he had a little friend. He was like, uh, I don't remember her name. Uh, and it's, it's, Ava it's, or something. And it's not a, a very pleasant picture of yeah. where, where everyone's going. Very sedentary, not moving, and just kind of not eating the best, not eating the best food ever. But it's just you know our minds aren't getting right, exercise yeah. either. You know, new thoughts and new stimulus and new. We need um, that. You know, the brain yeah, is definitely. just like a muscle. You know, we've talked it, about this before, you and I, and also uh, with Dr. Daniel Amen. It's it's a it's a muscle that is basically if you don't use it, you lose it, just like the rest of your right. muscles. And that's the best news ever because the um, you know because it works both ways. And right, if you're listening yeah. to this right now and you're concerned that senior moments are coming a little early and you're absent-minded, it's not your fault. It's just we're not trained on how to do this these things and uh, and on. And the good news is that only one third of that potential is predetermined by genetics and biology, but two thirds is in our control. Yes. And it's the things that you're always talking about, you know, eating the right food and getting rid of negative thoughts and exercise and movement and supplementing and being around a positive peer group and clean environment and sleep and brain protection and new learnings and stress management. All these play a role. Um, so I think a good place to start. Well, before we know, get to we, the solutions, man, I want to do a quick recap. Because yeah. these are so important. And you, you talked about, first of all, something that we need to pay attention to and try to avoid doing is multitasking. And this one is going to be, for a lot of people, it's like, I multitask like a boss. What do you mean? I got to stop multitasking. Yeah. Well, research shows, and we talked about this with Jay Papazan, uh, who is the author of The One Thing, how, you know, literally, if you look at the studies, multitasking makes your brain work about as well as it does when you're high on marijuana. Matter of fact, yeah. that out, they outperform, you know, when you're multitasking. So we have this illusion that we're getting more stuff done, but we're really taking away our proficiency. We're really taking away our ability to execute at our highest level when we're distracted and multitasking. And then you right. said distractions as well. And the yeah. other one is cramming, right? It, 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 it is. I mean, we, and we go, you know, I'll touch on each of these things. So the multitasking, I completely agree with you. The research is showing... There's a study at University of London saying that it actually lowers your IQ, similar to if you stayed up all night and pulled an all-nighter, you yeah. drop it 15 points. And so the goal here is you could you could task multitask in terms of doing something physical and something mental. You could be on the phone and going for a walk, but yeah. two cognitive intensive tasks is not possible to be able to do it. Um, and so people are actually it's taken anywhere from an extra five to 20 minutes to regain your focus and your flow. Right. Yep. Um, there's a high high level more of a um, errors that's being made if you're trying to multitask. So if you feel like you're multitasking because you want to be a better performer and more productive, it's absolutely not true. It's actually taken away from your productivity. The goal is to do one single mental thing at a time. Um, really, multitasking is actually a misnomer. It's the more accurate term is called task switching. 
because every time you, you know you switch tasks, you you know you have to refocus your energy, and so it takes more time, and there's definitely more mistakes. Um, the second thing that you mentioned is just um, as we're rewiring our brains for distraction, is to this focus is a muscle, just like your memory is a muscle for you. Creativity is a muscle. It's not something you have; it's something you do. It's like you don't have uh, creativity; you do creativity. You don't have memories; you do a memory. You don't have focus, you do focus. And the good thing about making it a process is you could duplicate it, right? There's a recipe there and because it's a verb as opposed to just you know a noun. And so with focus, it's something you could do, but every time, that's the benefit of being mindful, right? I think most of your listeners have some kind of meditation or mindfulness activity that they uh, support every single day. Um, if not, I would highly encourage it, but it's not the 20 minutes or 30 minutes of meditation and getting in that Zen-like state. Certainly that's good to, to flow through alpha and theta brainwave states and such. Um, and what's even more important, I think, is that every single time you lose your focus and you bring it back in you know, to a thought or to a mantra mm-hmm. or to a point or to a space or to an energy, a gratitude, a feeling, uh, a breath, then you exercise and you build your your mental focus, the muscle your 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 focus muscles. So it's not that you don't get lose focus, it's when you bring it back that you get the strength. And so I think one of the things is to be able to set your environment up to win, right? Yeah. So you, t- you you talked about stop multitasking also, eliminate distractions. I mean, to focus, you gotta when you need to study, you gotta turn your phone off. I mean, people are picking up oh, Instagram man. like over fifty times a day. Yeah. Over fifty times. And if that's something that you know, if you're doing it less, that means somebody's looking at Instagram even more than you are. <laughs> right. And yeah. there's ways of using technology in for your advantage, right? There's self-control apps like Freedom or Focus Me uh, to block out certain websites, you know, like social media um, or block out sites that you might visit, you know, when you should be focusing on something else. Right. So that, that's the other thing is just, and when I talk about focus, the metaphor that I use is that if you're outside and it's a nice warm day and you have a magnifying glass, you remember when you were kids, you used to burn like, leaves and stuff like that yeah um, when you see the light go through the magnifying glass it creates a very bright um focused you know point there that um it's very highly concentrated and it's interesting that the word bright describes it because it also we use the word bright to describe really smart intelligent people right yeah. but maybe they're not smarter maybe they're just better focused like mm, that magnifying glass is doing to the light and so there's a lot of power in being focused um in being so if you want to study better yeah, um, let me let me add it, something here real quick because with the distractions, you know, this is something really simple. When I was working on uh, my 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 book recently, one of the most important things because it would be so easy for me to just have my phone right there by me and you know have certain things open where I'm getting notifications. I just literally turn it off and I let people know. In my, because some people are like, well, "What if there's something important?" There's there's like. Point zero 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 percent chance that something that catastrophic is going to happen. So give yourself the opportunity to actually execute and get this job done so you can hang out with your friends and family and do those things. So I would literally shut my phone off and I'd get it away from me because even if it's in hands reach, if you just start to get like a little mental lull, you're just like, well, let me, before you know it, you're going to push the button and like check one of your accounts really quickly, you know? So actually having the audacity, like when you want to focus, turn off your notifications. Just do that one step. You know, you, there are different apps and tools and things like that. But if you simply turn off your notifications, and for me, I don't get notifications from Instagram popping up on my phone. I don't get notifications from 
Facebook Messenger and those kind of things. I know they're there and I might not be the best at getting to all the messages that I get, but I'm getting work done so that I can actually be of service and help people in the greatest way. So just a little shout out to everybody, just even doing that one thing. And he mentioned this earlier about dopamine. It's not an easy task because dopamine is very addictive for your system. It's just like you have this draw and desire. It's a, uh, a neurochemical that makes you seek things. And so then you get the little opioid hit when, you, when you're seeking and it creates this very powerful feedback loop. And so once you try to sit it down and focus on something else, this is why other things are less interesting. This is why your relationship with your significant other might not be as interesting as Instagram, explore page or whatever, you know? And so we have to find ways to make uh, real life entertaining and, and, and finding the novel things and the uh, uncertainty and variety in, in life itself and not just our tech. So man, that's so good, dude. So one of the yeah. things that I want you to talk about if you can is this concept, and this was the first time I ever heard this was from you, of recognition versus recollection when we're actually doing this work to study and assimilate things. Right, because, well, okay, so one of the things that um, I think that keeps people from learning faster is they're so passive about it, right? It's yeah. this idea between passive and active recall. And, you know, I actually recommend people don't reread chapters of their nonfiction book. I mean, a lot of people will read something and reread it again, thinking they're going to get more out of it the second time, you know, right afterwards. And certainly it is, but it's marginal returns because you could easily, here's the thing, what people found that by rereading things is to study, right, is that they could delude themselves um, thinking that you really know the information when you're, when you're reading it, instead of really, instead of the better thing to do is to test yourself yeah. because it's, it's a, mm. like, for example, you read the chapter and then instead of rereading that same chapter, close the book and recall and recite all you can remember because there is a difference between recognition and recollection, meaning recognition requires a trigger for you to remember something that you might not get on the test. It's like when somebody recognizes a face they don't necessarily remember the face what they're doing is they're recognizing it because it's right in front of them and they realize that they've seen it before one of the reasons why names are so difficult sometimes is because you don't get that same prompt you get the prompt for the person's face but you don't get that prompt uh, or that trigger for the person's name and so studying actively with focus on um on recollection as opposed to recognizing something one of the things the best do that is to quiz yourself you know, read something and then ask yourself these questions because often questions are the answer. And I think Mm. a lot of people, Sean, like when they're reading and and people like, Jim, how do you, and we did a whole podcast episode on speed reading. People are like, how do you read a book a week or how do you read a book a day? And, um, and one of the ways you could do it is, and how do you get, do you really understand and retain it? And I'll tell you that, um, that if you want greater speed, you know, I always tell people to use their finger while they read, you know, a visual pacer will help boost your reading speed 25, 50%. But if you want greater comprehension, you have to train yourself to ask better questions, ask more questions and ask better questions. Because as you're reading, they act like a magnet. It's like, oh, yeah. there's an answer, there's an answer, there's an answer. And I think part of being more active in recollection is actually asking yourself, what do I want to learn out of this? You know, how does this compare to what I already know? How am I going to teach this to somebody else? Because that's all thinking is, is just this process of asking new questions and answering them also as well. And so I'm a big believer is that just don't don't fool yourself into thinking that you know something because you could recognize it and see if you could really retain it and recollect it by quizzing yourself as you're learning it or something brand new. Um, The other thing I want to mention also is, as you mentioned this at the top, is just 
stop cramming. And the reason why cramming is a big mistake is because they've done studies where they found that the average person loses their focus after 25 or 30 minutes. Um, that's like, it's like a kind of like a TV show and that's our right. attention span for a lot of things. And so there's this time management technique called the um, Pomodoro technique, which basically means you're setting your alarm every 25, 30, maybe 45 minutes. And when it's done, you take a break. You take a, not a 25 or 30 minute break, but you're taking a two, three, four, five minute break to do things that are good for your brain. So what are those things? Movement is very good. Yeah. You know, most people sedentary are way too sedentary. They're sitting all day, eight hours a day, and that's bad for you, obviously. So movement is key because as your body moves, your brain grooves. The other thing I would suggest is uh, deep breathing, you know, whether it's box breathing, box breathing, alpha breathing, Wim Hof, whatever, you know, people subscribe to and to so get the oxygen and also hydrate, obviously. And it's, again, very, very fundamental. But so many people dabble in these things when they really should really master this process. Yeah. Because your power comes from the fundamentals. And so I would go back to, and the other reason why you don't want to cram is because if you study for six hours straight, not only are you diminishing returns because your focus after the past half an hour is there's this, these two memory phenomenons. One's called primacy and the other one's called recency. Primacy means that you tend to remember something at the beginning. So if you go to mm -hmm. a party and you remember the people you've, that you first met, recency says you remember things more recent. So if you're at the party, you remember the names of the last people that you met at the party and you probably forget most of the people in between. Um, same thing with a list of words. If I gave people a list of 30 words to memorize, they probably remember the ones in the beginning, primacy, and then more recent, recency. And the reason why you want to take breaks every half an hour, 45 minutes is because you know you can imagine after like a six hour studies time, you learn stuff in the beginning, you retain stuff at the end, but in the middle there's a big dip. Right. But by creating breaks, let's say every hour, you create more beginnings and ends and more primacy and recency. So you pick up a whole lot more data um, and re re uh, recollection. So don't cram. Um, and then I would say the fourth thing that I would stay away from, besides mul stop multitasking, um, stop distracting yourself by controlling your environment, eliminating distraction, turning off your phones, and so on, um, don't cram, because that's a big mistake because you're actually losing ground, is, is hack this thing called acrasia. And acrasia is, is this, it's this state... And we know what it is. I mean, I mean, it's kind of like that state um, where you're acting against your own better judgment. Right. Um, it was <laughs> why really, did I mean, we do like, that? How, exactly. And so Socrates, um, you know, t it, Plato, um, it was in one of his books, asked precisely, um, how is this possible? If one judges action A to be the best course of action, why would anyone do anything other than A? Right. But we do. You know, we don't, we're not always logical. If anything, we're more biological, right? We're more emotional. It's like, why do we do this? Why do we eat foods that are not good for us? Why do we not journal and meditate and work out and eat good food? Why don't we do that all the time if that's in our best interest? And so, um, so that, that's what acrasia is. It's this acting against your own better judgment. And so there are apps out there that helps people to stick with their, uh, their decisions and their habits and stuff. Um, so there's an app called Stick. S T I C double K, I believe. Um, there's one called B Minder, um, also as well to help you keep you to your commitments. Um, I did a whole episode um, on our podcast about like how to stop procrastinating, and that's one of the big things. There's something called the Zygarnik effect, 
psychotic effect actually is a memory principle um, named after this psychologist in Europe who was watching uh, as she was getting coffee that the wait staff would remember everyone's order. Mm -hmm. And like, how how do they do that naturally without any kind of training? And they called it um, the psychotic effect, basically that they would remember the old person's order up to the point that it was fulfilled. And then after it was fulfilled and they got what they ordered, the meal, then that would just disappear. But the idea here mm -hmm. is that if you have something in your life that you're procrastinating about, that if you just start something, you're more likely to finish it because the brain needs closure. It doesn't like open loops. Right, you right. Know, that's, how, that's how the greatest uh, uh, kind of golden age of TV is getting us right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Like these writers are so good at opening these loops. It's like you have to know what happens. Like what is gonna happen with Coulson? Exactly. And then you and then you binge watch like eight episodes of like, you know, scandal or <laughs> just or one more, or whatever just it is. one more, because they have all these open loops. And th but we are like that with our life that right. if we start something, we have this big drive to need to close it off. And so start something, you know, somewhere that we could definitely help you with that. But that's the Zygarnik effect. But so Perfect. those are the, the four things that I would ask people to stop because you want to stop something, but you can't just stop something. You want to start it. So stop multitasking. Yeah. Stop. Eliminate, you know, eliminate distractions in your life. Um, don't cram. Stop cramming. Always take a break every 30, 45 minutes. And then hack this thing called acrasia, which is this idea where we don't finish the things that are good for us. Perfect. And one of the ways of doing that is just to start somewhere and maybe use some kind of commitment apps that allow you to incentivize yourself to, hey, if I don't do this, then I'm going to make a donation you know, to one of these places that I don't really support you know what i mean yeah. so there's some some kind of punishment or yeah words, like uh, you you got to donate to like birds and you just can't stand birds so you're gonna <laughs> donate to like the rare bird foundation or something i love that man well man I, there's so many insights here and i'm taking mental notes as well but i want to talk about taking physical notes you know this is something that i've got stacks and stacks and stacks of notebooks uh, from earlier in my career and just, you know, whether it's a, a lecture or whether it's an audio book or whether it's a video, just taking notes. And I learned a whole new way to take notes and to assimilate that information far better from you. But we're going to get to that. And plus, I want to ask you about music when studying. So we're going to get to that right after this quick break. So sit tight and we'll be right back. Massive research is now pouring in with this blossoming field of science and nutrition called nutrigenomics. And this field is studying how every single molecule of food that you eat impacts your genetic expression. So we're literally talking about how your body appears, your health or lack thereof. All of this is going to be determined by every single molecule of food that you eat. So whether it's a banana or a donut or a hot pocket, whatever it might be, we have to be in tune with the fact that this is going to impact what genes are getting expressed. And there are genes like the FTO gene, for example, that has been found to be this, quote, fat gene and have a high propensity towards obesity if you carry this gene. Now, you can silence these genes by making sure that you're eating real foods that are in alignment with your own genetic integrity. The basis of that needs to be from earth-grown nutrients, things that your body actually recognizes as real food that you have a history with that your ancestors have a history with, not things that have been invented in the laboratory like last week. All right, so we wanna make sure that we're eating real food that are from earth-grown nutrients. And this is why I love Onnit so much. This is why they are family. This is why I endorse them so powerfully because they are part of my life, they're a part of my family's life. 
And I want to make sure that you head over to onit.com forward slash model. That's onnit.com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10% off all of their health and human performance supplements. I'm a huge fan of the Hemp Force Protein. I've been using it for many years. It's one of my favorite things in the world. I give this to my kids as well. And this is one of the things that I love to have post-workout. Now, hemp is based on some powerful amino acids, some powerful protein building blocks like albumin, which is a very soft globular protein that's very easy to digest, plus edestin. And this is a unique protein compound that's found in hemp that might be the most bioavailable, usable protein for the human body. Crazy, right? So a lot of people today are hearing about the benefits of hemp, hemp seeds and hemp protein and, and hemp oil, things like that. We wanna make sure again that you're getting organic and that it's made with integrity, right? So that this cold process, so that you're actually able to get the nutrients that you're looking for in this kind of protein powder, protein cake that you're getting with Hemp Force Protein from Onnit. So they've got multiple flavors. They've got the Chaco Maca, they've got the Vanilla Acai, and they also have a brand new recovery protein that adds in the powerful component of colostrum, which has every single amino acid, every polysaccharide, AKA essential sugar, and every essential fatty acid right there in it. These powerful building blocks, growth factors, every growth factor that influences your body's metabolism is there in that recovery protein. So make sure that you're checking that out as well. Super powerful stuff. Also has immune factors to help fortify your immune system. Just great stuff. And they've got exercise equipment, tons of great foods. Head over, check them out today. Onnit.com forward slash model. O-N-N-I-T.com forward slash M-O-D-E-L for 10% off. Now back to the show. All right, we are back and we're talking with accelerated learning expert speed reading expert, my good friend, the one and only Jim Quick. And before the break, we were talking about a couple of things that I'm really interested in. One is how to take and actually assimilate the notes. Because for a lot of people, I know you, you probably, you know, you go to an event, you take notes and you never see them again. And you also don't remember what you wrote down, but you have this good intention, like, I'm to take this little note and I'm going to execute on, and probably not going to happen. All right. So uh, we're going to talk about that. But first, let me ask you a quick question with studying, let's go back just really quick to studying. What do you think about listening to music while you study? You know, I personally, I like more of a quiet environment, but I do sometimes tune in and listen to uh, certain, you know, it's instrumentals, you know? So what do you think about mm -hmm. like, maybe somebody's like listening to Tupac trying to study yeah, algebra yeah, versus yeah. like classical music? So a lot of, and this is, I think a lot of the parents could relate to this. And when they hear their kids studying, they have the you know, Pandora or Spotify in the background and the TV and right. the video games are like multitasking, uh, you know, the wazoo. I would say that um, music has been shown to enhance the studying process as long as it's not distracting. So I'm not mm -hmm. talking about music like um, hip hop or heavy metal, rap. Um, the, the music that's been shown to support studying is classical music, as you would think, instrumentals, yeah. specifically of the uh, Baroque era. So Vivaldi, Bach, um, because that era happens to have music a lot concentrated on 60 beats per minute, which also happens to be the resting heart rate. Mm -hmm. And so it puts you into this, what they call this alpha state, this alpha brainwave state, which is that relaxed state of awareness. And that's the state we go in when we meditate, the state we go in when we watch televisions, the state we go in when we do hypnosis. It's, it's where you become highly suggestible. And so when you're studying something, it helps, let's say you're... Wanna, like, and I, I believe that if you combine music 
with spaced repetition. Mm. So like we talked about the four challenges that you need to stop, you know, the bad habits like multitasking and cramming and such. Um, there are four things I would recommend people do. So one of them was we talked about is practicing active recall by quizzing yourself. So it's the difference between recognizing and recollecting something. The second thing I would say where you can combine with music is this thing called spaced repetition. Yeah. So that's the idea where Yes, you can learn information by deeply immersing yourself. And one of another way of learning something is by spacing it out. That through this kind of interval um, learning or recall, if you will, that if you space things out that you're learning and review it, maybe an hour later, a day later, a week later, a few weeks later, then you could drive it from your short to long-term memory. Um, there's actually good software out there like Anki, A-N-K-I. It's like um, these repetition software flashcards so for people that want to learn a language, I would, I, for example, um, or somebody, something that's that's um, could be more repetitive. Yeah. So what they could do is they could combine spaced repetition yeah. with um, with music, like the Baroque music, to learn a language, to study for the medical law exams, to memorize names and faces, to brush up on your geography, to master a poem or lines, you know, in a play or you know, in a, in a film. Um, practicing even, um, you know, musical chords could help you also. Space repetition is a very powerful way of driving it deeper inside of you. Yeah, um, I, I think I heard the word intervals in there. And so it's like how, and, and this is clinically proven across the board for interval training and exercise to be so mm -hmm. much more effective and efficient mm -hmm. than that kind of long duration, steady state studying slash cardio confessional that we would do. That's that's exactly it. This is this is just for the mind. This is yeah. like men, mental interval training, and so it's that, that space repetition really helps, um, and that space review helps a lot because it's in that downtime that actually we're getting a lot of the integration and mm. things are moving from short term to long term. So I would say um, practice the active recall by asking questions and quizzing yourself. Have space repetition. Um, add the music that we're talking about here. It can really accelerate it. As long as it's not distracting for people, it's helping to relax you, puts you in a brainwave state where you absorb faster. It's more your unconscious, um, where your critic conscious mind can only handle so much, right? right. That's the part that really gets stressed over everything. And you think about all this, for example, lyrics to songs that we know. I mean, how many, how many of our hundreds, right? Yeah. Um, but how right. many do we actually oh study and like study this and write it out? And none, none of them, right? We all learned when we didn't realize we were learning. We we're just having fun, exactly. and that's really that unconscious mind that's really processing. Holy smokes, um, man! Third, Wait, man, you just hit yeah. something here. Yeah, let's do it. I just the other day there was a song from like twenty years ago that came on the radio, and I haven't heard in years. You know, and just like I knew all the lyrics, and I was just like, what? Like I started and to really think it, about how is that possible? You know. Exactly. And so we learn, we, we know so much more. We didn't actually learn it in school or anything. We learned so much more than we've ever given ourselves credit for. And so um, part of it is because we were just in that unconscious, playful state. And I, I feel like that's that's a powerful way to learn is just like children. Is children have that beginner's mind and we just, we're having, remember we've talked about in the past that information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. Information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory. So that's why like we remember right. Things through sense, through through taste, music that's bring us back when we're children, and music is highly you know state inducing, and so that's high level of emotion. And speaking of sense, I would actually add that as a third thing. So besides active recall and spaced repetition with music, 
I would actually add the sense of smell because there's a sense of smell is the, is the most powerful sense that we have when it comes to connecting to our, um, our nervous system. Meaning that I don't know if it was because we needed to smell, um, uh, you know, poison before it actually, you know, be, to save our life or something. But if you, here's the thing, our environment gets connected to the information. So if you want even better studying, cause that's the theme of what we're talking about, um, it always helps to study in the environment where you need to recollect the information. So for example, here right now I'm at, I'm doing programs here in Boston uh, area for the colleges and stuff. You know, it helped them to study in the in the lecture center that they're going to be tested in, hmm. because unconsciously we connect that. And it's something I mentioned before, where they did this study and they put students underwater with breathing apparatus and they give them uh, words to memorize and they take them outside back in the surface to test them and they put them back in the water and test them. And then which one do you think people remembered more? back in the water, right? Because right. that environment got connected to the information. And so knowing that, then studying in the place, for example, in your workplace where you need to give this the speech or that TED talk, it always helps to study in that environment. And it's not really practical for most people. So the idea here is to actually, can you take the environment in with you? Mm. And meaning yeah. using the sense of smell, that if you had a, a unique unfamiliar scent that while you're studying, uh, one of the methods could help you jog your memory has spray that on you or taste it during the actual exam when you give the, have to give that presentation, that book report, or that take that test. That if you chew a strange kind of gum or essential oil, mm -hmm. or, you know, or perfume or cologne, and then you have that same one when you need to recall it, it's going to be more available to you. And so I would recommend playing with that. And speaking of essential oils, there are certain essential oils that have been shown to be able to activate and wake up the mind. Um, yeah. Essential oils like peppermint, um, like uh, rosemary, helps increase the chances of remembering things that you need to be able to remember. Helps improving your 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 focus. Helps improve your uh, your recall. Fascinating. And that there's actually science to back that up, which is so crazy. It's just like you know our our sense of smell. It's one of those things that helps, as Jim is describing, to drive memories deeper and, and create a stronger connection when we're learning some information. Uh, so utilize that channel that's just an open thing that's happening on automatic anyways. Um, and peppermint, for example, is one of the things that I saw when I was looking into the research. Uh, you know, using essential oil, maybe you can just, right before you get started, maybe you have a few drops of peppermint oil that you, you know, yeah. I don't know, wipe on the the, the book it's, or something. Or It's often, yeah, and it's often what you do before the actual act that really shows up, you yeah. know, when you need to perform. And same thing with um, doing a light workout before studying can help you to, to retain information better, right? And so anything that's going to be good for your heart is going to be good for your head. So getting that Love blood that. flow, the, the the artery that goes directly from the heart to the to the brain is the carotid artery, right? And it's just like the first is the primary one. And you know, getting the right amount of oxygen and, and circulation is very important. So the fourth thing I would actually put is music, what we talked about. So I make that the fourth thing to do um, after um, when we're talking about the different sense of smell. Because there's research done at Stanford School of Medicine basically saying that playing certain types of music, such as classical or Baroque, can help students engage the parts of their brain to help them pay attention and better anticipate and make predictions better. Um, besides the fact that some music will actually enhance people's mood, which would be right. good just because all learning is state dependent and you want to be able to always control your mood and your outlook for things when well, it I comes love to that. study. You said all 
All learning is state dependent. All That's, learning is state dependent. It's yeah, it's, it's one of the primary beliefs, you know, that we have, you know, when we talk about quick brain is like the state of mind and body, mm-hmm. um, the emotion, the feelings. Like think about it. Back in school, if you were people were tested on, oh, what was the state, these state capitals and name these presidents right. or name like, you know, when, you know, this periodic table or what is all the stuff that we learned back in school? Most people don't remember it for two reasons. Number one is relevancy. Right, relevancy meaning maybe they didn't see a one-to-one connection on why it's important and relevant to their life. Yeah. Um, sine, cosine, tangent, x, hypotenuse, y. You know. Um, but the other thing is um, the emotional state people learned it in. The students learned it in. For most people, when you ask them how do they feel mostly when when they're sitting in class being lectured to, most people say, "Oh, I was bored." And at that, that's a, like on an emotional scale, that's like a zero, right? But anything times zero equals zero. If information combined with emotion becomes a long-term memory, if the emotion level is zero, there's not a lot of recall because that's the per, for the first part, the first third of the memory stages is called encoding. And that's how you actually encode the information, put it in, then you store it, and then you retrieve it. But part of the encoding is making, you know, if you want better recall, is to make it more emotional. You know, what do you see? What do you feel? How is, how is it, you know, how is it touching you in a certain way? Yeah. Oh, you know what? When you said uh, relevancy, it just really sparked up a lot for me because I, like, I l- loathed biology and science. Like, I couldn't stand it. And up until even a few years ago, I'd have these nightmares where I'm in biology class and just like I didn't have my homework or something or like uh, human anatomy or physiology. And I still remember my teacher. She was a little creepy and she'd be in my dream. And I'm just like, oh, no, I got to figure this out. And it's because I just really didn't want to be there. I couldn't stand yeah. the process. But what created this connection, well, I love like it is my life. It's things I no one makes me study biology every day, but I just I'm very passionate about it now because the relevancy you know, with yeah. it applying to my life personally. And that's what we do with the Model Health Show is how can we connect this information to your life so that you mm. want to learn about it so that it becomes fun and entertaining and engaging and becomes a part of who you are more easily. And that's really one of the big secrets I want everybody to walk away with is tying in the things that you want to learn, tie it into something that matters to you, right? Why do you want to learn it? Not just I should learn it just because or it's important to learn. You need to consciously create an association to it. And for me, it's teaching. So when I'm learning things, I'm thinking, how can I teach this? How can I make this make sense to other people so that they can have their lives changed? And so that's just one of the big takeaways of the many that we have here today. But I want to make sure that we talk about taking notes because that just blew my mind when you had us to do those two columns uh, way back in the day, mm-hmm. you taught us about taking notes. So let's talk a little bit about that. Right. So one of the ways that can increase your ability to retain the things that you're you're studying is to take notes. That people don't realize that you know there's 80 percent of what you learn can be gone within two days. So you listen to a podcast, you read a book, you go to a lecture. 48 hours later, 80 percent of it could be gone. And one of the ways to mitigate that from happening is by taking notes. But it's like, how do you take notes? There's all these different ways. And for most people, they didn't really learn a process. Or if they did, it was kind of like that linear outline. You remember, Sean, it was like, like one Roman numeral, like A and Roman numeral, you know, one, two, yeah. that kind of thing. And it, the, the challenge is, so they've done lots of studies on research to find out one of, you know, some of the best ways of taking notes. And um, so there's qualities to active to- note-taking. Because mm-hmm. instead of passive note-taking, they say I found the worst way of taking notes actually really surprised them. It was by 
transcribing what the teacher was saying. That was the worst way of taking notes. And um, it's kind of interesting because you would think maybe part of people would think is, hey, one did help me to take notes by having every single thing word for word. And they found actually it actually hurt people. Yeah. Um, and so first of all, I would say you don't have to go for those trans transcriptions. Um, a question I always get is about typing notes and handwriting notes. They find um, the studies show that taking notes with by hand is is actually better for people. Yeah. So it's interesting. Taking notes by hand is actually better for people. Um, and one of the reasons why is because you could technically type, somebody could type as fast as somebody could, could speak, um, but they can't necessarily, um, when you're hand, right, handwriting, you can't write that fast. And it forces you to really qualify information, right. to filter information, to, to take notes with purpose, to listen to everything and just write down and hone in on the things that's really important. Um, and that's alone, besides the notes it's, itself, helps to increase your understanding um, and your effectiveness there. But we generally want notes that meet this quality. Number one is you want notes that are active. Because um, we, I did a you know, whole session last time when you and I were talking about how to learn anything faster. And we talked about the fast method and everything. But you know, the A is being active because learning is not a spectator sport. You need to be active. The second thing when I'm taking when taking notes is taking notes with purpose, like you said, relevancy, right? Like you have to know your purpose of what you're looking for. Otherwise, how do you know if you didn't, you know, whether you find it or not? Um, good note taking is also very organized, and so you have to figure out the best way of organizing information for you. Um, they find that the best way of taking notes actually is in your own words and not the expert's words, but your own words mm -hmm. itself because it's more personal for you. Um, they also found that taking key ideas. And using like images is more effective than just writing everything mm -hmm. out. Yeah. Um, and so, but then how do you take that information and lay it out? Um, some people are familiar with mind mapping, right? Um, mind mapping is a creative way of doing left and right brain note taking where you put the main idea in the middle and then coming out like spokes of a wheel or maybe like branches of a tree. You see the other areas um, and then those branches get broken down and so on and so forth. Um, a very easy way that I like to teach people to take notes on, you mentioned, is drawing a line down the page. And it's so simple, but again, we keep things purposely elegant because anybody can make things more complicated, yeah. right? I mean, mm -hmm. you want things to be so simple and easy and elegant that we're gonna do it on a daily basis. So I put a line down the page, and on the left side I take notes, and so I'm writing down how to remember names and how to learn a language and how to speed read and all those things. Uh, but on the right side, I'm not taking notes, I'm actually making notes which is a slight dis distinction, but this is what I mean. On the left side, I'm capturing information. On the right side, I'm creating it. Meaning that if I'm going to get distracted and focus somewhere else, I'd rather get distracted on the right side of the page. And on the right side, I'm writing my impressions of what I'm writing on the left side. So it's like, how am I gonna use this? Or questions that I have, or how am I gonna share it with somebody else? Or how does it relate to something I already know? So that's the difference between note-taking and note-making. It's the difference between capturing and actually creating notes, um, which is just as obviously as effective. Um, and then again, doing it with handwriting instead of digital right. keyboard, you'll get a nice lift on there. There's a study done at Princeton University that shows that note takers actually retain more information by hand than by hunting pecking. Right. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their the laptops and their, you know, phones to take a little note here or there. But yeah. just listening to the expert who actually knows this stuff to, you know, pin, you know, pin this down. It's kind of like when you're writing something, you're in a way you're, you're spelling it out, right? You're casting a spell, mm -hmm. right? A spell of learning in a way. And like, I've got, like I said, all of these, 
notebooks, handwritten notes, uh, just through the years of learning. And today, same thing, I'll take something that I hear that's profound and I'll just, I'll write a little note about it. Yeah. And it's in my own words as well. You know, and I like that. You said also that you know to cater things and find the way that works best for you as for as far as organization. And I thought about a friend of ours, uh, Julia Roy, and when she comes and she's taking notes, she's got all these different colors and things are color coordinated and mm-hmm. just the best looking notes I've ever seen. I was like, that's that's just that's not my cup of <laughs> of tea, you know. But it was really fascinating to see that that's that's what works for her. And she's one of the most brilliant and intelligent people that I know. And that's the way that she does it. So finding the things that work for you, you know, even if you are taking notes on your laptop, uh, find yeah. it, employing these strategies where you can. And I like that too, because it's just like people's diets and their exercises, finding something that works for people. Cause whatever gets people to do it is what's what I like, you know, it's not right or wrong. Yes. It's just good, better, best yeah, for individuals. Um, like they, they did a study where they took a couple of scientists they set up an auditorium full of people, and half of them took notes with a keyboard. The other half took notes handwriting uh, while somebody spoke. And they wanted to figure out who would remember the most and who would, you know, retain the most. And they um, they found it after they tested people afterwards that the handwriting people won hands down. Mm. No, no pun intended. <laughs> handwriting <laughs> people won hands down because um, people understood more, they retained more, they remembered more. You know, when they wrote by hand. So I would explore with with everybody. I know if it's not something that's new, sometimes you have to take a step backwards to take a couple leaps forward. But again, you know, it might be individual for, for everybody. Yeah. Love it, man. Jim, this has been so valuable and just loaded with insights, which is what you always do. Every time I'm around you, uh, every time we have a conversation, I, I learn something that I actually employ into my own life because it's so effective. It just works. And, uh, I'd love if you can share what you're up to, I think you got a new program that's going on right now. And also, of course, let people know again about your podcast. No, I I appreciate it, Sean. I mean, just if anyone's listening to this right now and you feel like you're busy and you just like these kind of brain hacks, um, the big thing is, and I've been, Sean, you've been helping me so much just because I've been modeling the model health show (laughs) because, you know, you're, I mean, it's the best of the best, right? And that's the thing. And so, um, the the podcast is something brand new. We, we, every single week we lose, um, every episode's only 15 or 10, 15 minutes long about, um, it's bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster. They want to achieve more. So we did an episode on how to read a book a week without speed reading, how to actually speed read, how to remember names, my top 10 favorite brain foods and how to memorize them, how to memorize technical information, uh, how to give presentations without notes, how to change bad habits, how to employ new habits, the first hour of my day, how to focus and concentrate, how to, we did a an episode just recently on how to study that goes into depth on this subject. And it was on the cover of uh, the LA times, you know, high schools. And it's just like, you know, everyone wants to learn how to learn. And so, um, that's the podcast called quick brain, K W I K brain. You can just search my name, Jim quick on iTunes, Stitcher and all those fancy places. Um, and that's really it. And then just social media. I love if any, I want to know actually a couple questions for, for if they could tag both of us. Yeah. Um, mine is at Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. But I would love, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, to connect there. And then also I would love to know if people handwrite their notes or type their notes. Um, that would be very interesting to me if you tag me in that. Um, I also am very interested in, um, in what people are reading right now. Because you yeah. mentioned, Sean, yeah. I, I like to... 
I like to read. I think leaders are readers. And if everyone just read half an hour a day, most people would get through a book a week. Yeah. You know, and it's very doable. I think that would radically, I know, Sean, you're an avid reader and you, you always study, deep study with all your guests, you know, and their expertise. So you learn so much. But I encourage people, you know, just like you're, you're doing your physical workout every single day. You know, Will Smith says, you know, every day I run and I read. And I said something physical and I do something mental. And I would love for people to take pictures of whatever they're taking, you know, reading right now and tag us in it because I would I love, love some that. good suggestions also as well. Such a great idea, man. And, you know, Jim, you're just uh, one in a, in a billion people, man. And I appreciate you so much for the, the work that you do and for the heart that you do it with and for showing up for other people. Uh, you're just a, you're a true superhero in every meaning of the word, man. So thank you. John, thank you for crushing it. And thank you for creating this whole amazing community. You have such, you and your family have such amazing followers and students and people are evangelists. And I just love how you bring like this energy and this emotion, this entertainment to this thing called education yeah. uh, to really empower people to the next level. So thank you everyone for listening to this. And I look forward to continuing this conversation. Definitely. All right, my man. Thank you so much. I received that. Guys, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Uh, you know, again, with all the stuff we have going on in the world today, at no time in history is it so valuable to learn how to learn. And Jim is the guy to learn from. Uh, definitely make sure to check out his podcast. Take those little bite-sized nuggets in and utilize them in your life because... Uh, at the end of the day, it's really about making memories, but also remembering the memories themselves, you know? And with that said, you know, having the opportunity to uh, to know Jim personally and to, and to learn from him over the years, it's just really a gift because, you know, it's not about knowing a bunch of stuff, being like a, a human filing cabinet walking around. It's really the application of those things as well, because that's the transformation from just quote, knowing something and it actually becoming real wisdom is you're able to use it and utilize it in your life. But also having a lot of uh, a database, you know, a lot of tools in your toolkit to be able to go and grab and use because you were able to assimilate and learn with all of the great resources we have access to today. And Jim really went ham today. You know, he even said wazoo. It's like the, the hardest core uh, language I've ever heard him use. He said, wazoo, guys. He really went in and shared a lot of tips and strategies with you guys. So make sure to put them in action for yourself. That's the key. You know, it's, it's not sitting on this. It's actually putting it in play and seeing the results that it has for you in your life. And make sure to tune in because we've got some incredible episodes, some incredible show topics and incredible guests coming up for you. So make sure to stay tuned. If you're not subscribed on the platform you're listening on right now, hit the subscribe button, whether it's Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you're listening, SoundCloud, we just got on SoundCloud as well. So whatever medium you're listening to the Model Health Show on, hit the subscribe button everywhere so you don't miss a thing. All right. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Take care. Have an amazing day. And I'll talk with you soon. And make sure for more after the show, you head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find the show notes. And if you've got any questions or comments, make sure to let me know. And please head over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and let everybody know that our show is awesome yeah. and you're loving it. Yeah. And I read all the comments, so please leave me a comment there. And take care, everybody. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.